I want to welcome you to Boiling Springs Baptist Church this morning. Uh, we are excited and we are glad that you have chosen to worship alongside us this morning. Uh, we want to take this opportunity to welcome any visitors that we may have in our church here this morning. Uh, we would invite you to fill out this tear out that's, that's in your bulletin. We would invite you to connect with a staff member or a member of our church. Uh, at the conclusion of our service, we would love to give you some more information about our church and just welcome you further into this community and into Boiling Springs Baptist Church. And we're glad you're here this morning. Uh, we want to take note of the flowers that are placed in our sanctuary this, this morning, uh, these beautiful carnations that are placed in honor or in memory of many fathers or father figures that are in the lives of those here in our church. Uh, we want to uh, give all of our fathers and grandfathers and, and uncles and uh, all the, the, the special dads that are here in the church this morning a happy Father's Day. We want to wish you a happy Father's Day this Sunday morning. And we're glad that you're here and that you have chosen to be with us at church this morning. Uh, as I mentioned a little, bit, a little bit ago, the tear out that's in your bulletin, uh, I would invite you to take a look at that, to maybe tear it out of your bulletin this morning, uh, to if you have a prayer request or if you are a visitor and would like to, to give us more information about you or if you're interested in learning more or joining our care ministry, uh, we would invite you to tear that out and fill it out and place it in the offering plate this morning when that time comes. Uh, we just want to take note of a few announcements and a few things coming up tonight and through the week. Uh, this afternoon, our youth uh, will be heading off to our mission trip uh, for the summer. We will leave this afternoon, and we will be coming back on Thursday. Uh, myself, uh, Carrie, uh, excuse me, um, Catherine Hastings and Debbie Weiss are coming with us today, and, and Carrie Dobbins will be coming later in the week. We have eight youth who will be joining us for the week. We are heading to Thomasville, North Carolina, about two hours away. We will be staying and working with the North Carolina Baptist Children's Home through the week, working with the North Carolina Baptist Aging Ministry. Uh, we are excited about the week ahead, being able to work with aging adults, being able to work with, with children who live on the campus at the Children's Home. And we are just excited, and we ask for prayers um, and thoughts this week as we head to our mission trip this afternoon. We'll be leaving at 5 o'clock this afternoon, um, so just keep us in your thoughts and prayers through the week. Uh, we also wanted to take note that there would be no evening activities tonight here at the church for Father's Day, uh, and so we would hope that you all would enjoy your celebration of fathers, uh, that we would enjoy this day that we have. Uh, we are so excited that, that you are here this morning at Boiling Springs Baptist, and we would invite you to worship along with us this morning. I believe at this time, Keith are you going to come up and, and say anything about the, the mission trip or anything and just have the youth come up? Yeah, we want to invite the youth to come up. Um, yeah, we just want to have the youth that are coming on our mission trip to come up here on the stage. Uh, I know they really don't want to, uh, but we're going to ask them to come up. Uh, we've got a few here this morning. Um, and so if they'll just come up here and join us on the stage, just to let you know just a, a brief word about what we'll, be, what we'll be doing. As I mentioned, we're working with the North Carolina Baptist Aging Ministry. There is... Uh, many needs in the community of Thomasville, uh, in Greensboro, Winston-Salem, in that area. Uh, and we will be going to people's houses who contact the children's home. Uh, we will be doing yard work, housework, um, any, any needs that, that, that may need to be met uh, for people in the area. That's kind of what we're going to be doing. And so these are just some of the youth that are going to be going with us uh, on our trip this week. We have eight going total, uh, and we're just excited. Um, and so I think Keith's going to come up and just say a word of prayer for our group as we as we head out to to Thomasville this afternoon. 
Well, guys, I want you to know I'll be praying for you. There's a lot of other things you could be doing during your week, and I know you may think of what some of those things could be, but I'm excited, and I know you are as well, you, and, and, and know that this will be a rewarding week not only for you but for the people whose lives that you touch and visit with and whose yards you clean and whatever else you may be involved in. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you for these youth, and I thank you for their commitment to go uh, into the midst of the unexpected, in the midst of the unknown this week into Thomasville, North Carolina, uh, to visit with and to work for some of these aging adults, Father, who need some basic work done. We pray that you would bless their travel, bless their experiences with these families, keep them safe. And Father, just uh, may you, uh, may these older adults and the work that they're doing, Father, just simply be a blessing to these youth. May they have good conversations among uh, one another on the travel and, and each evening as well. Father, again, we ask for your blessings on them. May they grow uh, in their relationships and their walk with you this week. And Father, may, th may they be a blessing to those whom they come in contact with. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
Most of you have already gotten to know my younger sister, Caroline. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Chris Ann Tipton. Uh, First of all, we just want to say Happy Father's Day to all the dads who are with us today. Uh, We will be reading Psalms 19. Uh, If you want to follow along with us in the Pew Bible, it's on page 473. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. And the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then will I be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer.
invite the children who come forward for Children's Church. All right, I need some help today. I want everybody to take a piece of paper. I know you don't like this, probably because you're going to say, oh, this is just like going to school. And Miss Ellen is a retired school teacher, so we'll just sort of tempt it just a little bit. All right, what is today? Father's Day. Have all of you done what you're supposed to and shown love to your father? You're sure? All right. We're going to have a spelling lesson today. Rylan already is rolling her eyes because she doesn't want to participate, but we're going to try it anyway. All right. Who has F? All right. What does it say? Forgiving. Forgiving. What does forgiving mean? You forgive someone. Yeah, I bet your dad is very forgiving, isn't he? When you do something wrong, you uh, might break a window with the baseball or you knock something down and he and you have to come to him and tell him what you did. But what does he do after you do it? Does he still love you? Yes, he does. So he is forgiving. All right, put the forgiving down. All right, who has an A? Bailey has an A. Bailey, do you know what that word is? Can you help her, Reagan? Attentive. It means your dad pays attention to you. Does your dad pay attention to you? I bet he does. Does he show you love and smiles when you do good things? Yeah, so he pays attention. Can you put the A down there and join our circle here? Reagan, can you help her just a little bit? Can you make it fit? All right, T. A Hayden has T. T stands for teacher. Does your dad teach you things? Does he teach you how to be a good rider on Saturday when you're out four-wheeling? Does he teach you how to not get lost during the day? Yeah, I got a smile out of that one. Okay, H. Helpful. Is your dad helpful? Yes, I bet he is. What does he help you do? All right, he's helpful. All right, add the H to us. All right, who's got the next letter, which is going to be E? Ooh, you got a big word. Energetic. That means does your dad have lots of energy to play with you, to take you out on the lake, to do special things with you? I bet he does. All right, let's add the E. All right, the last one is R. What have we got? Ready. Ready. Is your dad always ready to do things for you? He is, isn't he? So what have we done? We have spelled father. And what shape is our father in? A heart. And what does a heart stand for? Love. Your father loves you every inch that he can squeeze. But he's not the only father that loves you. He's not the only father that forgives and pays attention. Who else pays attention? 
God and Jesus pays attention to you too. And they are also, one of those is also our Father in heaven, isn't he? So on today when we celebrate our dads, we also need to say thank you God for our fathers and for us. So let's pray. Dear Lord, on this special day, when these children show so much love to the parents they love, to you, Lord, for being here to worship and to share their love for you as they walk in faith. Keep them safe. Watch over them. Protect them. Not only them, but their families and their church. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I, lo I love that last hymn, but you guys need to help me find a new word. Homes where the Lord is an honored guest. That, that is problematic for me. I would like for the Lord to be a member of the family and not one that comes and goes. So maybe you can help me think when we sing that again, we can plug in a new word there. But I don't want him to just be a guest in my home, but I want him to, to be there uh, at all times. And he is when he is with us and within our hearts. We have a lot going on within our church, not only with activities and mission opportunities and those who have been on mission. We're grateful for the safe return of Hannah and Celeste. We look forward to hearing from you guys soon. I know how much you love to talk in front of people. And so um, we do look forward to hearing from you. But we, as our youth go out today, we'll, let's be mindful of them throughout our week. Uh, I would encourage you to continue to be reading in the Psalms this summer. Um, there's no set formula on how we are asking you to do that other than just uh, be reading in the Psalms this summer as a church. We'll be continuing to read. And thank you, Chris Ann and Caroline, for reading this morning. But want to continue to do that. And also just to continue to look out for those wow moments that we talked about last Sunday and how the Lord is working. And so when I say we have a lot going on here, we do with activities, but we also do in the way of um, those who are recovering from illnesses and those who are uh, having procedures coming up this coming week. And so let us be mindful of all of those uh, to whom, um, you know, we have... Uh, different needs and concerns that are going on. I would invite you to join with me and my family in praying for my sister. She is in the hospital in part, at Party in Hendersonville, and will be, will be getting out the first part of this week. But um, I'll share more details with you later if you would like. But um, just be in prayer for her. She's going through a difficult time right now. You have concerns on your hearts and mind this morning that you bring into this place. Some you have shared with others already, and some may be too personal to share with another one. So I'm going to give us just a moment of silence for you to lift up your prayer of praise or prayer of, of uh, petition on behalf of yourself or one you love, and then I will lead us in our prayer this morning. Let's pray together. Father, the passage in Psalm that comes to our mind is Psalm 46, be in 40, the verse, verse in Psalm chapter 46, be still and know that I am God. And Father, we're thankful that your presence is with us, living within us and within this place today. Father, I pray that you would speak to each one here today at the point of their need. Some, we come into this place today, some dealing with grief, some dealing with a sense of loss, some dealing with uh, just a need of encouragement, a need to be challenged. Father, uh, some in need of direction today about decisions that need to be made this summer. Father, we pray that you would meet with each one today. Lord, you know us better than we know ourselves. And Father, help us to look to you and trust to you. We depend so much on our own uh, knowledge and our own abilities father but when we come down to it and when we if we will admit lord there's so much that we simply can't do on our own so lord help us to turn our hearts and our minds and our eyes toward you teach us as we often talk about it lord what it means to love you more with all of our heart our soul our mind and our strength and lord as we do that teach us more about what it means to love our neighbor as ourselves for those today that are continuing to heal, Father, we ask for your presence and guidance and strength with them. For those who are uh, awaiting upcoming procedures and surgeries, Lord, we pray that your presence would go with them and go before them and that you would guide the doctor's hand and give them the knowledge and the skill sets that they need. Lord, for those who are struggling in other ways today, as I look out across the congregation, I'm aware, Father, of various needs and concerns. And so, Father, again, May your presence minister to each one here this day. Lord, help us to know how we can be your hands and your feet. To reach out to a hurting world that's in desperate need of your light and your love. 
Father, we pray for those who are continuing to deal with tremendous loss, whether it be in Orlando or whether it be here in our own hometown with recent accidents lately. Comfort, again, Lord, those who are grieving this day. Teach us more about what it means to be your church, that we may reach out in loving ways to let a world know that we serve a risen Savior. Father, hear our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we look to our next hymn, hymn 502, let's be reminded that we are not only looking, but we are seeing. We are not only hearing, but we are listening. Please stand and sing with me. Hymn 502 stands as one and two. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for another beautiful day and a day to worship you. We thank you for the many gifts that you give us, far more than we deserve. Help us to always be mindful of all the many blessings that we receive and to remember that the part that you ask for us to give back is a small part in comparison. Forgive us when we take those blessings for granted. Be with us in the days ahead and use these gifts to further your kingdom. Amen.
name's uh, Chris Tipton. This is my wife, Jody. And uh, as parents, I just want to point out, you know, that there's uh, no better sense of pride than to have your children participate in the worship service with you, knowing that their heart is in the right place. And uh, I just want to tell you both, and I'm very proud of you, there's no more comfort and joy in knowing that they've given their lives to the Lord, to know that they are making the right decisions. It's always easy to be proud when they're making good choices. So I just want to point that out. And we're reading the scripture this morning from 1 Samuel. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at, these, at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? There still is the youngest, Jesse answered, but he is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy with a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. Samuel then went to Ramah. I'll be reading from First uh, Samuel 17, 33-37, And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it, and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard, and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come with me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give you your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied.
Thank you, choir. Thank you, Dr. David Dennis. I want to encourage our church family, if you haven't spoken a word to David yet, to uh, David, if you could just, I think you'll be available after the service, and uh, he would love to, to get to know you. Uh, he is with us uh, this summer as our guest minister of music, and David, we're glad that you're here. And thank you, choir, and Cheryl, and Roger, and everyone for leading us in worship uh, in a majestic way each week. Uh, we very much appreciate that as a congregation. Uh, last Sunday, we talked, we had a little conversation, had a little fun. Remember, we did the little uh, wow, you know. Uh, for those of you who weren't here, I had everybody hold up three fingers on each hand and open up their mouth, and we talked about the fact that that spells wow. And I had you look silly and do it to your neighbor, and um, the whole reason we did that, and I want to challenge you and remind you to be uh, aware of wow moments uh, throughout the summer. Well, and really from this point on, you know, as we meet and gather for Sunday school and other small group times, or as we talk in the parking lot, you know, I went hiking, and um, if you saw me walking slow up the stairs uh, today or up and down, uh, it's because I went hiking. Uh, but I've been hiking and working for my dad as my gift to him yesterday. I spent some time with him and um, did some work for him all day, and then he prepared some steaks last night for just the two of us. So that wasn't a bad deal right there. So I've had a good, good Father's Day weekend with him, but uh, working at home and working with dad and, and hiking, I'm, I'm moving a little slow this morning, um, not as young as I used to be. But um, it's been a good Father's Day weekend, but we talked about wow moments, and I uh, had one of those with my dad yesterday, just working with him and just talking with him. It wasn't anything specific I want to mention, but just, a, just time with him, uh, in a way, was its own wow moment. And uh, as, as we become aware, if we, whether we watch the news, which I don't like doing more so now, um, or listen to the news, read the news in some way, you know, we're aware that life is so short, and life is... Um, you know, our, our days are numbered, no matter how healthy you and I may be. And so let us take these opportunities to uh, be together as family and as a church family and grow. And, and uh, when we see the Lord working, and we have a wow moment. Let us share and encourage others with those. The last several weeks, we've been in a sermon series uh, called Charting the Course, Help for Navigating Life's Journey. And we're looking at uh, the characters. We're looking at these uh, Old Testament heroes, if you will. We've looked at Abraham We've looked at Jacob. Next week, we'll be looking at Joseph. We've stepped out of order today, and we're looking at David. And I would venture to say that um, all of the men in here can relate with David in some ways. We may not always, we may not feel like a man after God's own heart, as David was referred to, but there are successes in David's life, but there were also deep failures, and there were also times where David completely missed the mark. And the hope for the fathers in here this morning, uh, I hope they can see it in the midst of David's life, is that David didn't continue to walk. He didn't continue to do uh, when, when he uh, had his moments of failures. He didn't continue in that path. And that's one thing that if we slip and fall and we continue in that path, that's one thing. But David had moments of, uh, uh, you know, uh, where he wished things and, and we all wish things could have been different. But yet David learned from each of those failures and from each of those uh, times where, where he fell short. We look at David, we think of a shepherd, you think of a poet, you think of a giant killer, you think of a musician and a king and an ancestor of Jesus. And we think of one of the greatest heroes in the Old Testament. Now, the Jews uh, placed David far above any other Old Testament character. But other words also come to mind to describe David. A betrayer, a liar, an adulterer, and murderer. The Bible makes no effort to hide David's failures, yet he is remembered and respected as a godly hero. What is it about this man 
that he was the only one in all of Scripture referred to as a man after God's own heart. Abraham was complimented with the term a friend of God. Jacob was complimented in many ways. David is given the title a man after God's own heart. What an, what an incredible compliment. As I've worked with David this week, the title of today's sermon could change. I, I just simply called it as because of our sermon series, Setting Sail with David, as we've charted the course with some of these Old Testament heroes. But today's sermon could also be given the title, Characteristics of a Man God Uses. And I say, let me clear, make, make a disclaimer. Uh, this could be characteristics of an individual that God uses, whether male or female. But since it is Father's Day, please go with me. I'm taking the liberty to say a characteristics of a man that God uses. If I were to ask you to come up with some characteristics of individuals God uses, it would be a fun list that I think we could come up with. We would say, well, this person needs to speak well. They need to inspire. They need to be creative. They need to look a certain way, act a certain way. They need to know certain things. They need to come from, come from a good line, come from a good family. They need to do this. They need to do that. They need to have this character. They need to be manage their money well. We would come up with all these things. If we come up with the characteristics of a man that God uses, we would come up with all of these things. But based on David's life, I want to share with you some characteristics of a man that God uses. The first of which is the man God uses is someone that we might least expect. I appreciate uh, Chris and Jody reading 1 Samuel 16. Samuel was anointed uh, by, uh, blessed by God to go and anoint the next king of Israel. Uh, Saul's sons would not succeed as, uh, as in the succession of king. And um, so Samuel was anointed to go to the home of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, and to anoint the next king of Israel. And in the scripture that they read, he goes to the home of Jesse and Eliab, stands before him. And Eliab is one of these guys that you look at and you say, that guy's got to be a king. You know, he's, he's strong. He just looks like a king. And Samuel receives a message from the Lord that, no, it is not Eliab. And he goes through seven other siblings, seven other brothers, and none of those had been chosen. And so Samuel asked Jesse, do you have any other children? And he says, I have one, but he's out tending the sheep. He's but a youth. And he calls him in, and Samuel anoints David as the next king of Israel. The scripture says that he was youthful. It uses the term ready, uh, which means he had red complexion. It says that he was handsome. But the one thing that scripture is very clear on is that he was but a youth. I can't help but think of our youth and children who are here today, who participate in many of our activities here at church. And don't you think for a second that God can't use you in big ways, whether it's with your friends or in your own family, and that God is shaping, not only will he use you in the future, but he can use you right now as well. But a characteristic of a man God uses is someone that we might least expect. I don't know about you, but um, it's interesting, two things. One, throughout Scripture, when we look at the characters, and we have some characters in the Bible, amen? When we look at these characters in the Bible, and we see how God used them, you know, if, if the Bible wanted to, to do something it could, could have done, or these authors, it could have hidden the flaws of our biblical heroes. It could have hidden the flaws of these Old Testament heroes. It could have hidden the flaws of our disciples. But yet, the authors are honest, and they're vulnerable in putting the flaws of our heroes in the Scriptures. I think that's very intentional. But you and I can draw strength and encouragement. The best dad among us here today can say there are times when we hopefully rise to the occasion, and we are men of integrity. We have the characteristics of that 
godly father that we and others would desire of us. But then there are also times, if we are honest, where we fall and we know we don't measure up. And we're thankful uh, that we can look and know that there are men who have walked before us who have not always hit the mark and who God continued to use and God blessed in mighty ways. Uh, these were not men, again, who continued in their paths of disobedience, but men who acknowledged that they missed the mark, confessed, and began to allow God to work and move uh, in them. A passage that Paul uh, mentions in 1 Corinthians or writes of to the church in Corinth, in uh, 1 Corinthians, and I think I have it marked here, 1 Corinthians 1, 26-29, talking about the fact that God uses someone that we might least expect. Paul said these words in Corinthians, For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has cho chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. The base things of the world and the despised God has chosen, the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. I've seen it to be true in ministry with friends and with churches. Uh, there may have been some men or women who may not have had the outward characteristics of this person, whatever these things are that we come up with, that, of this person that God uses. But yet I have seen God use not only ministers, but laity in churches for years of people whom we might least expect. There have been times since I've been here at Boiling Springs where as I'm getting to know you and you're getting to know me, I hear of things that you're involved in. I see ways that God is using you to affect change within your own family, within your community, uh, or within the nation at large. Some of you are involved in things that are, are outside of Cleveland County. And I'm beginning to see how, and I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know what my expectations were of, of, of individuals as I'm getting to know you, but as I'm learning, uh, I'm, I'm seeing how God is working and moving among people in ways that I had no idea. Uh, and I say, and some, and some not least expect, not that I didn't expect that of you, but at the same time, I'm learning of ways that uh, your heart is reaching out to others and through your love, through your actions, through your kind words. And so may God continue to use us, uh, his imperfect people. Um, not only is the man God uses someone we might least expect, but a man God uses is also confident, not in himself, but in God. In 1 Samuel 17, uh, the passage that was read earlier as David is standing before Goliath in verses 45 and 46. David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. This was not a confidence based in David's abilities, but this was a confidence that was based in his relationship with his God. And the man that God uses is confident. There's a big difference between being arrogant and being confident. And uh, I'm still learning about that. I've struggled with that earlier in life, and sometimes I still may. But uh, my hope and prayer is that I grow in my relationship with God and, and draw closer to him, that I will find my confidence in him and in no abilities uh, that I have, but it will truly look to him and draw my strength from him. The man God uses is someone we might least expect, is someone uh, who is confident, and the man God uses is loyal. We didn't have time to read all, nor do we have time to, to look at all of the scriptures or all of the stories of David that we could look at this morning. But as, in, as I was reviewing the, the, the larger story of David, we think of, of uh, David's loyalty to two people. Uh, not only his, his, uh, his king, which was Saul, who was seeking to kill David, 
later, as we would read in First and Second Samuel. Uh, but yet, despite the fact that David had opportunities to kill Saul, he did not. If you remember what he said, he said, how can I stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed? Even though David was seeking, I mean, excuse me, Saul was seeking his life to kill him. And David had two opportunities, once in the camp when Saul was asleep with his sword by his, by his head. And then once again, as Saul went in the cave to relieve himself, David cut off the edge of his robe. And Saul did not even know that David was there. And then David's conscience began to bother him about what he had done. But he was loyal to his king, a disobedient uh, king, a king who did not regard uh, the ways of the Lord. But he was also loyal to his friend Jonathan. As uh, many of you know, the story of, of David is, is not complete without talking about Jonathan, Saul's son. But the scripture tells us that their hearts were knit together, that they were one. Um, that brings up another point, men. I didn't think of plan on this earlier, but the importance of having another man to talk to uh, is something men sometimes, especially as, as we get older and we focus on our families, we may not always develop or strengthen those friendships that we've had, but that's important, men. We need to find another man that holds the same convictions and the same uh, beliefs that we do that we can share life with and we can say, hey, I'm struggling here and I need some help. I need you to pray with me. I need you to hold me accountable. Maybe you're str having a struggle, uh, you know, I can't help, but there, there's all kinds of things that we could talk about and learn from the story of David and his relationship with Jonathan. But we see that a man God uses is loyal, and we see that with David, as he was loyal to his king, but he was also loyal in his relationship with his friend Jonathan as well. The man God uses is sensitive to the spirit. Again, I mentioned David's in, in 1 Samuel 24, you can read the story of how Saul went into the cave, and David was there beside him. He cut off the edge of his robe. Uh, but uh, David once again spares Saul his life. Uh, David is so close, he cuts off again a piece of his robe. And once again, he says to others, I will not stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. But David's, the, the spirit of the Lord, the, the, the sensitivity that David had to the spirit of God was evident in that passage. The man God uses also finds his strength in the Lord, especially in hard times. We see in um, 1 Samuel, later in, in chapter 30, the people wanted to kill David as their families had been taken captive. Their wives and their children had been taken captive. In Samuel 30, verses, uh, I'm going to read one of those verses there. In 1 Samuel 30, uh, verses 3 through 6, when David and his men came to the city, behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted their voices and wept until there was no strength in them to weep. You ever been there before? David's at a pretty low point right here. He comes into a city that's been destroyed and he learns that his family, all of their families, have been taken and held captive. David's two wives had been taken captive. Ahinoam, the, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite. Moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him, for all the people were embittered. They wanted to kill David. They were pretty mad at David about what was going on here. Each one because of his sons and his daughters. But here it is. A man God uses finds his strength in the Lord. And David, it says here of David, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Men, what are ways that you and I are strengthening ourselves in the Lord? We can often do this when hard times hit. But what about when things are going well? What about when it's just the normal, day-to-day -day routine? We're going about our jobs. We're providing for our families. We are taking care of things that need to be taken care of. 
Are we drawing our strength from the Lord? Are we looking to him to guide us, to help us, to be the, the husbands and the fathers and the men, the employees, the co-workers, the church members, the community members that he has called us to be? A man that God uses finds his strength in the Lord. A man that God uses is a praying man. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 18 through 29, and then Psalm 6, 1 through 10. David prepares to build a permanent home as he prepares to build a permanent home for the Ark of the Covenant. He, in verse 18 of 2 Samuel 7, he begins to pray. And also in Psalm 6, we see a passionate, heartfelt plea from David. It's a very honest prayer. That's what I love about the Psalms. Whatever emotion you and I could think of, we can find it within the Psalms, and many of those within David's Psalms. But he was honest in his prayers, especially in Psalm 6. He tells God exactly what is on his mind and heart. He knows, well, this is the thing. You and I, as far as our challenge, the man that God uses is a praying man. And one of the things that I always used to tell youth years ago when I was a youth minister, and I still mention it every time I talk about prayer, is the importance of being honest with God. God knows our hearts. He knows what's in our, in our hearts and on our minds. We're not telling him anything that he doesn't know. But what's important, just like you, when you talk with a friend, it, you begin to get it off your chest and you begin to hear, I would think, and hopefully you would be open to what your friend has to say as well when you're sharing honestly with them. And God wants us to come to him like that friend. He wants us to pour out our hearts and to tell him exactly what's on our hearts and our minds. Um, again, he knows that, but there's something special about doing that in prayer. When we walk away from that, if we went into it not having peace, we come out of that having a greater sense of peace. Our problems aren't always solved. The winds and the waves may still be blowing and, and, and howling and crashing around us, but yet we can better deal with the waves and we can better deal with the winds and we can better deal with the storms because we have spent time with God in prayer, talking with him about the storms that are going on with inside of us. And so, men, I challenge each of us here this morning. How, how is your prayer life? The man God uses is a praying man. David set the example for that as well. Uh, he had times where he was prayers of psalms of praise. And we're going to look here in a moment where he had psalms of confession and every other emotion that you and I can imagine. But the man God uses is a praying man. The man God uses is also honest about himself and honest with God. Psalm 51 some of you know this psalm, uh, very, uh, maybe more so than some of the other ones. Uh, Nathan, uh, who was in David's house, had told uh, David this story about sheep and how this man had went to get this beloved sheep from this other family and sacrificed it and didn't use the other sheep and, and uh, told David this parable, if you will. And David said, that man needs to be killed. This man needs to be brought to justice. And then Nathan reminded David, this man is you. And it was after this knowledge that was out among David and what he had committed, the sin he had committed with Bathsheba and, and all the, 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 the dynamics and the drama that went with that, with the killing of Uriah. And, um, uh, you know, uh, David wrote Psalm 51, a, a prayer of confession. There's a few verses from that psalm that I wanted to read. David was honest. Again, the man that God uses is honest about himself and honest with God. David said this in Psalm 51, uh, verse 3. He says this, he says, For I know my transgression and my sin is ever before me. It's one thing if we know we have sin in our lives, and it's another thing if we have sin 
and we choose not to confess it, and we choose not to deal with it. David is finally dealing with his sin. In verses 10 through 12 of Psalm 51, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Return to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. A man God uses is honest about himself and honest with God. And the last point that I want to mention this morning is a man that God uses is imperfect. Second Samuel 11, David was supposed to be out at the battle, but he wasn't. There's a whole other sermon here in the story of David and Bathsheba that we won't go into this morning. When we are about the things of life that we are to be about, it helps us prevent times where we can fall. David would not have fallen that day if he had been where he was supposed to be. David was supposed to be out with his army on the battlefield, but he remained home, and uh, he could have been bored, and it led to one thing and led to another, and then he committed what he, what he did there with Bathsheba. David did suffer the consequences of his actions, and he did so in a very severe way. But one thing that David did is that he learned from his mistakes, and he didn't repeat the same mistakes over and over as individuals and as, as, in, as, a, as a church, let us be willing to admit our failures and confess these to God and repent. And repent, we don't talk, a lot of pastors maybe don't talk as much about repentance as we should or what it means to repent, but it means we're walking in one direction and we say, God, this is the wrong direction. This is, this is, this is not right according to you. It's bothering me, my conscience. You're convicting me about this. I'm going to turn. I'm going to confess where I've messed up. And I'm going to begin walking this way. It's a 180. It's not a 360. We don't go back to the same mistakes. But when we repent, we confess and we turn. And sometimes, man, that means finding somebody else. Again, that accountability partner, that other man to say, you know what? I need your help. I've been walking in a direction that I shouldn't be walking. And I want to turn and I want to walk this way. I'm going to, I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be seeking God. But I want you to pray for me too. And I want you to help me to begin to walk this new direction that God would have me to walk. David remained a king after God's own heart. Because when he fell, he acknowledged his sin, he repented, and he not, did not continue in this path. I want to ask the men and really everyone here this morning a question that I think we all know the answer to, but do you want God to use you? Do you want to be used of God? Do you want to be used of God, I would hope, first within your family, and within your community, within your workplace, and with, simply within your world today? You want God to take you as you are, as flawed as, and as imperfect and as frail as we are, and to use us for his kingdom. Let us look within and take the next step today that would lead us in a closer walk with God. God way, God's ways become clearer when we begin to walk in his direction and we begin to walk and, and walk in obedience to his ways. God is using Many of you, and I'm learning this more and more each week, I'm having conversations with people about how God is working. And these are things that we can't always, that I can't always stand up and, and tell you details about from the pulpit. But as I look out across the congregation, God is at work in many lives here. I've had conversations with many of you just recently where it's, it's very evident. Um, it was very evident within a vacation Bible school and conversations that were had there. It's evident some of you have, have come by the office and we've talked or you, we've talked over the phone. But let us, each of us, be open uh, and be reminded that although David uh, was a great king and he did great things, but he was also an imperfect individual. He also had tremendous flaws, but yet God 
used him. And when David was caught in the midst or, or uh, was convicted, if you will, of the wrong direction that he was taken, he repented and didn't go back in that direction. Men, and, and really all of us here this morning, again, I don't know where you're at in your own walk with the Lord today, but I hope and pray that if there are things that are going on that uh, the Holy Spirit is convicting you and speaking to you about, that you will address those things, first with God, and then if need be, that you would talk to someone else, again, who could help you to walk in the direction that he would have you to walk. Let us be people that God uses. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word that when we look to it, Father, it challenges us, it convicts us. And that, Father, we are sometimes, we can confess that, that we're like David. We're, we're winning the battle and, and we're victorious and we're drawing our strength from you. But Lord, if we're all honest, there are also other times where we, like David, must confess that we've missed the mark. So, Father, help us today, this day, to be honest with you. Help the fathers in here, Lord, that maybe you're on a path that um, they're not pleased with, that you're not pleased with, that, Lord, that they would today look to you, would confess, and would begin to walk anew this day. Father, we're grateful for your love and for your grace and your mercy on our lives. Father, forgive us for where we've missed the mark. And, Father, speak a word of hope. Speak that word of encouragement and challenge to each one of us this day. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today, the altar is open. If you'd like to pray, if you'd like to talk, about, talk with me about church membership, uh, we'd be happy to receive you. But let's stand and sing. I believe the hymn is Be Strong in the Lord. What an appropriate hymn after talking about David. Let's stand and sing together. say again happy father's day to all the the men here today uh if you uh would like to come by after and pick up a one carnation and one piece of greenery to to leave with today you're welcome to do that we would encourage the men to do that uh, today but we're glad that you're here i hope there's no activities the rest of this day so i hope that you'll spend some time with those men uh, those fathers who are important to you uh, or other men that uh, you may have in your life but uh, be open to, for wow moments, continue to read in the Psalms, and uh, let's see what God is up to this week uh, in your life and in our lives and the lives of this community. I think our choir has the benediction today. God bless you.